So, this graduating class is a class that I have had pretty much straight through from sixth grade, except for a nine-month period, I believe, in your freshman year. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, are you guys all sitting up front, front here? Yeah. Grad class? All right. Just raise your hand if you're a graduating senior right now. Okay, so that's good. Pretty much consolidated. A few of you guys scattered in the back. I'm talking to you guys back there too. I'll probably look more right here when I'm addressing the seniors just because, or the grads just because they're, they're right, most of you are right here, but you guys feel included also. Um, I remember uh, you guys first, your, your sixth grade move-up party. Uh, I think it was the first sixth grade move-up party that I hosted at my house. And um, I remember your first summer camp. I remember um, those of you who are there. Um, there's always just little snippets of pictures in my mind. I think last year I, was, I reflected on Luke Booth at summer camp needing to be spoon-fed his medicine. This time, this time I thought of summer camp in sixth grade. It was, it was Megan Shaw playing octoball and um, swinging her hands too close to the ground and coming up with bloody knuckles and just little tiny mini Meg Shaw just crying and um, how bad I felt for the baby sixth grader. And then now you're grad. Now you're all grads. It's crazy just how, how fast that happens. It's like suddenly your grad night. So for your grad night, we're going to continue in the parable series. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 13 to start out. So open up your Bibles to Matthew 13. <laughs> If you guys do that at Sozo, you'll be weird. Um, do it. <laughs> go for it if you want, but I'm just saying. All right, so <laughs> parable series, Matthew 13. This is a short, a very, very short parable. We're going to look at a couple other spots in, in the Bible too, especially in Matthew. Here's what Jesus says. Jesus told them another parable. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all your seeds, yet when it grows, it's the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. And he told them still another parable, even shorter. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked through all the dough. So here's here's basically the, the point of these two mini parables that Jesus puts side by side and teaches all at once. The bottom line, the point of these mini parables is that the kingdom of God can start small. I mean, he references, and you guys are going to walk out with these, it's probably not a secret, but it, it references this tiny little, do you guys see the little seed in there? Let me just take it out. You can't even see it from a distance. Okay. It's this right here. That's a mustard seed. So like, if you can't see it, it's because it's tiny, all right? If you can see it, it's because you're really close or you have great eyesight. Uh, that's a mustard seed. So Jesus is basically saying, this tiny little thing, okay, this tiny little thing, when you plant it, it grows into this huge, like, tree-like plant. It's not really a tree. It doesn't have, like, a, like a wood trunk or, and, and long branches like that. It's, like, more of, like, a big plant, just like a 10-foot plant, and it grows very quickly. That's the thing about the mustard, the mustard seed. It germinates. The seed, like, begins to grow, and it grows really quickly, and, and it doesn't need much care in order for that to happen. Then all of a sudden, you've got this big tree that birds can come and perch in the branches, and, and it's, like, just all of a sudden, just like that. And it starts small, and it ends up with a lot of, lot of impact. And then the thing, same type of thing with the yeast. It's a little bit of a different uh, parable, but it's saying the same type of thing. It's saying, hey, there's a large amount of flour. And it doesn't take much yeast to throw into the flour and, and have it spread all over. All right? It doesn't take much. 
for that to happen. It will spread and it will take over the whole loaf. And the yeast is a very important ingredient within that bread. And it, and it has to be spread evenly throughout to be effective. And, and yet you don't need much of it. At the beginning, it's a small, insignificant amount, but it spreads throughout. So essentially, the kingdom of God starts small, is what Jesus is saying. But it explodes into something huge, something that is massive in its in its, um, in its influence in the world, something that is massive in an individual's life as well. So I want you guys to remember that, that when you're on campus, like most of you are going to be setting foot on campus in the next month or two. Some of you may not be going to college. You might be going off to work. It depends on what you're doing. But regardless of what you're doing, you're going to be in a new setting. You're going to be in a new place. And there, there's going to be a, an aspect of your life where it, so much has changed that for some of you, there might be a moment where it starts to seem like, it starts to feel like your faith just doesn't matter as much anymore than it used to. When you had people all around you growing and coming to 707 and encouraging you and meeting in life groups and things like that, there will be aspects and there might be a time or a moment for you where, it, where you're wondering, does my faith really matter here? And that could be a really real draw and a real temptation for you. You're heading off to college and, and things could change, but your faith shouldn't. Your faith shouldn't. Remember, even if it's starting small in your school, even if it doesn't seem like it matters there, you can be a part of that, of the kingdom of God, of the gospel, growing and spreading and becoming something very influential. So I went, to, uh, I went back to college this week. Um, on Monday, we packed up the car and we took our kids to East Lansing because we like to make the pilgrimage once a year uh, in the summer. We make it several times a year in the fall. Um, and we went to our old school, Michigan State. My wife and I both graduated from MSU. And, um, and our kids like to join us there, like to come with us and, uh, and just walk around campus and just take in the sights and check out the children's garden is Charlotte's favorite part and do different things. This time we visited the Sparty, uh, the new Sparty statue. It's not like the traditional one, but there's this, pic- I think I have a picture of it. Yeah, here's a picture of, of our kids posing with Sparty um, and that was towards the end of our time there and they had a great time. One of the other things, like I mentioned, Charlotte's favorite part is the children's garden. It's just, just all these plants, all these different things all throughout the garden, little walkway, they have little houses for kids to play in and little areas for kids, a lot of colors and things like that. And in the middle of it, there's this pond with a little footbridge. And there's these places where you can kind of, the pond is right there next to the path. And so Camille, like, loves water. She just loves water. In California, we were in the pool, and most babies, they like water until it touches their face, and then they kind of freak out. Camille, not that way. She would hang out on the steps, and she would, like, walk down the steps. And she would walk, and the next step would be, like, up to here. And then she'd walk, and the next step would be up to here. But she didn't care. She went down that step anyway. And then when you pulled her up and put her back on the top thing, and you wouldn't let her pass, after a while, she would be like, all right, forget it. And she would just throw herself backwards into the pool. And you're like... Do you realize that you don't have gills? Like, she just doesn't know. And so she's playing in this pond and, like, putting her hands in it. I'm letting her do that. And then all of a sudden, she takes her foot and sticks it in there. I'm like, okay, that's where we draw the line. So I pick her up and go to move on to the next thing. And as I'm walking her away, holding her, she starts to whine and cry. And then she goes, tubby, tubby. Um, so to Camille, I guess, like, any body of water is a bathtub. And... <laughs> 
And that's just, that's just where it's at for her. But we love to go to Michigan State. We love to hang out there. And here's the deal. The reason that we love to go there is because you probably, probably have heard me geek out enough. And if you've ever been to the crew visit back to MSU, you know how much I loved going to college, right? Like, I just love that period of my life. And, um, and I want you to love it. Like, regardless of where you go, whether it's um, to the Demon School in Ann Arbor um, or, or if it's... Or if it's, if you're going to schoolcraft, or if you're doing something, you're commuting from home, or if you're going to Grand Valley, or if you're going to Ohio State, I don't care where you're going, I want you to love your school. I want you to love your experience in college. And, and here's the thing, I think that there's like a very specific reason why I loved college so much, why as, as an old guy with three kids now, I want to take my kids back there and walk around campus. Why um, I talk to you guys a lot, like and you, most of you know how much I enjoyed it. Like why that just kind of is a part of me. And the main reason, I think, is because I look back to my college years and I'm like, man, that was, not only was it fun and, and a great time of, in life where like you have some free time and you, you, you know, make a lot of friends and you have like your first freedom and things like that. Like not only good memories because of that, but also for me, because like it was a time of intense spiritual growth for me. Like a lot of spiritual growth. And you're thinking, you know, Michigan State um, doesn't necessarily have the outside worldly reputation of being a place of spiritual growth. But I can tell you this, um, that, was, that was what the reality was for me there. And the whole reason behind that is because I got plugged in to a ministry on that campus of about 400, 500 students on this humongous campus of at the time about 40, 45,000 undergrads. And there were like 500 of us meeting together on Thursday nights, meeting together in life groups on Tuesdays, and growing in our faith. And I look back, I think if I would have thrown away those years, and like, you know, we talked about Luke 15, we talked about the lost son. If I would have gone lost son for those, those years, those four years, I think right now I probably would talk a little bit differently about my college experience. I probably wouldn't be so like so fond in my memories of what I experienced there. I'd probably tell you, hey, you guys got to watch out for college. Like that could take you down, you know, and like, and, and, and just have, be negative about it. But instead, like I'm really positive about college and I'm excited for this next phase of life that you guys are stepping into. But I want to be excited for you because, I, because of what God has in store for you, not you pulling away from him. And so often the statistics are telling us that our students are going away. It was true when I was going off to college, and it's even more true today, that students are going off to college and just shelving their faith for four years. They're like, we'll come back to this later. But then when you're old like me and you're raising kids to, to know and love the Lord, you're going to look back and be like, man, what? I don't remember such, with such fondness those four years. Like, I have a lot of regrets. You know, and, and that's not what I want for you guys. What I want is for you to love it like I did and to love the Lord through it and to grow closer to him. So remember, as it relates to this parable of this growth of something small and to something influential and something powerful, remember that when you're in college, you have a mission. You have a mission. You're not just there by accident. God's putting you in a place that, that I think probably, even if you're going to a Christian campus, you're going to a place that can be a mission field for you. You're going to a place where you can participate in the work that God is, is doing to, to grow his kingdom to be something powerful and influential in our world and on your campus. I want to take a second um, to, to look at another passage that deals with a similar, similar theme. It deals with the mustard seed, but it deals with the mustard seed in a different way. Okay, so it's unrelated to this parable, except that 
has this, the theme of the mustard seed in, in common, but it uses the mustard seed in a little, bit of a, a little bit of a different way. So flip over your Bibles a couple of pages to Matthew 17. We were in Matthew 13 before, just four chapters later. Matthew chapter 17, we're being verse 19 through 21. All right, so what happens here, the context of Matthew chapter 17, is that the, the disciples are going around, they're casting out demons, and they're, they're performing miracles, and they're talking to the people about the kingdom of heaven, they're talking to the people about Jesus and what he's here to do, and they come across this boy who's demon-possessed, this young boy, and, and the father describes what's going on with this boy, and he's telling them, like, what's going on, and he's having seizures, and he's, the, the demon will throw him into a fire, or throw him into water, try to kill him, and things like that, and all this awful stuff has happened to this little boy. And so the disciples um, tried to, to cast out the demon, but they, they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. They failed to cast out the demon. And so Jesus comes, and, and the guy's like, okay, so maybe you can try, you know, basically. And Jesus, no problem, he casts out the demon, and the disciples are really confused. Because they're like, you sent us to go do this stuff. We tried. Sometimes it worked, but this time it didn't. And so this is what happens, verse 19. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why couldn't we drive it out? Jesus replied, because you have so little faith. That's pretty cold, actually, Jesus. Um, like, that was, that, was, uh, that was a little harsh. I tell you the truth, he says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. So in the first parable, the, the idea is, like, basically the small kingdom of God might start like and seem small, but it's going to grow into something big. It's going to have high influence. It's going to have high impact. In this, the mustard seed's used differently. Jesus is saying, look, it doesn't take much. It doesn't take, take much faith to do something great. It doesn't take much faith to hold on to in order for me to work through you. Basically, Jesus is saying here that a small amount of faith goes a long way. And again, I, I just want you guys to be prepared for the next step. And that in the next step, your faith is likely to be threatened in some way. Your faith is likely to be attacked in some way in college. Paul says this in Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. He says, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world, rather than on Christ. So make sure that as you go off to school, you're going to hear all sorts of of different philosophies, all sorts of different worldviews, all sorts of different outlooks on life, all sorts of different theories. And look, I, I'm all about learning, and I'm all about being open-minded, I'm all about taking in e- these ideas, but make sure that, that not having the right answer on the spot isn't something that robs you of your faith. Hold on to your faith. Hold on to your faith. Make this the most uh, important thing in your life, the highest priority that you have in your life. And I think that the, the way ultimately to do that, the way to do that is to get plugged in, to get plugged into something. And, and, and if you went to the senior study, I'm sounding like a broken record right now. I don't apologize for that because this is so huge to me that when you walk out of these doors tonight, like we've kicked you out of 707 and that seems mean, but we love you, um, but don't come back. Um, until, until homecoming at, at Christmas time when you have Christmas break, come back. We want to see you. And don't be a stranger. 
Stop in um, when, you're, when you're around in the offices. If you, see, if you come in on the weekend, make sure you say hi. We want to stay in touch and in contact with you. But you, it's time. It's time for you to move on to whatever's next. And the thing, that, the thing that makes me a little bit sad about that is that there's a good chance that we will kick you out of here and some of you won't step foot into something else, into that next thing. The only reason we're kicking you out is because it's time for you to move on to the next thing. And for some of you, there is no next thing. Some of you will be tempted to just be done. And like you graduated out, and now there's nothing for me. You know, and that's just not true. That's just not true. And the thing that I want you to just resolve to do, like that nothing will stop you from doing, is between now and the day that you start your classes, that you will find a Christian community where you can plug in. And it might not be the same as 707. There might be things that you miss about this place that that place doesn't have. But then you'll probably start to find that that place has some things that, that is way better than what we were able to do here. And like, that's great. That's how it works, all right? You, you might miss some stuff about 707. That's fine. But don't, just because it's not perfect or it doesn't match the exact mold, like don't let that cut you off from it. I mean, think about the believers that, that are going on, like that are happening in the first century. I mean, these guys went through so much. When we go on mission trips, like to Zambia, and we see these churches, and they meet not in these spectacular buildings with lights and sound systems, they meet in these little grass huts. It's not about, it's not about the feel and, like, and, and what, what it's like and how it serves you. It's about plugging into the body of Christ, and about being a part of it, and about serving among it, and about coming together. And so just find a place where you can do that, a place with good theology, a place that believes the scriptures and that follows Jesus, and, and get on mission with them. And hopefully a place that's on mission as well, that wants to reach those around you. Find a place. Don't let anything stop you from finding a place to plug in. And do some research before you get wherever it is that you're going. Find two or three places that you might want to check out. All right, most campuses, most large campuses are going to have a crew assembly. That's Campus Crusade for Christ. Now it's called Crew. That's the ministry I was involved with at MSU. And I will tell you that more, I know more pastors personally, that came, or full-time missionaries, or a combination of the two, that graduated out of Michigan State's Campus Crusade for Christ um, location that went into full-time ministry than I do from my seminary. That's true. I mean, there's a bunch of people from my seminary who are in ministry, and there's probably more percentage-wise in terms of how many went and how many are in full-time ministry. But the people from Crew just have caught a vision and a heart for God. Now, I don't, I don't want you to hear me wrong. Like, there's nothing more holy about going into full-time ministry. Because regardless of what kind of job you have, you can be a full-time minister, minister for Jesus. And that's the other end of it. A lot of the rest of our peers who ended up uh, in a vocation out in the world, in the business sector or government, see their lives as a, a full-time ministry. And that's awesome. And so I'm not saying it's like that at every campus. You can find uh, a different ministry. It doesn't matter as long as it's following the, the Bible, as long as it's taking Jesus at his word and chasing after him and on mission to reach those around us. So I, just, I want you to take a seed tonight, all right? Basically, the bottom line is you're going to walk out of here um, with a seed and with a book, all right? And the reason, and what I want you to be reminded of when you see this, like this is kind of cheesy, it's kind of weird, you might think it's stupid, um, I don't think it's stupid because here's what I want you to do with this. All right, when you see this, I want you to keep it. I keep one on my desk up here, upstairs in the office. I want you to put it on your desk or put it someplace you'll see this when you're at college. Um, 
or at home or whatever it might be. After this, wherever you're going next, put it on a desk. Someplace you'll see it on a regular basis. And when you see this seed, I want you to think of two things. I want you to be reminded of two things. I want it to remind you to be a contributor to the growth of the kingdom when you're in college or wherever you are. I want, I want it to be a reminder that you need to be a contributor to the growth of the kingdom wherever God plants you. That you can be a part of the work that God's doing in that place. All right? And secondly, when you see this thing, I want you to remember that you need to hold on to your faith at all cost. Hold on to your faith at all cost. No matter what happens, no matter what comes your way, hold on to your faith. This is the most important thing. And Jesus says, hey, it's a small amount of faith goes a really long way. Just trust him. Even when you're doubting, just trust him. Even when you're struggling, trust him. He'll pick you up. Recently, my wife and I celebrated our 10th wedding anniversary. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. And uh, by the way, we got married while we were in college, so watch out. Um, Yep, it's true. I had not graduated college yet. She had. She was in grad school. But anyway, um, 10th anniversary, when we said our wedding vows to each other, here's what we said. Well, here's what Joe Snyder said to us. He said, Mark, do you take Mackenzie to be your wife to live together after God's ordinance in the holy estate of matrimony? Do you promise to love her, comfort her, honor her, and keep her in sickness and in health? And here's what I want you to catch. And forsaking all others, keep yourself only for her as long as you both shall live. That's, that's a serious vow. And, and I said I do, and that's why we're still married after 10 years. Um, and... Because otherwise, no, I'm just kidding. She's awesome. She's awesome. Um, But that line, forsaking all others, forsaking all others. And basically what that line means is like, look, it doesn't matter. Like your number one priority is right here. This person is your number one human priority for the rest of life. And when we talk about our faith and we talk about clinging to Jesus, it's like you just hold on to this with all your might that your faith is like the very first thing. You keep that in order. And your social life might suffer because of it. Your grades might suffer because of it. Everything else around you might fall apart, but you're going to hold on to your faith. And that takes effort, and that takes intentionality, and that takes uh, setting things up and getting in a community of people and saying, no matter what, I'm not going to sacrifice this. That's what I want for you guys, that you would forsaking every other area of your life, keep your faith intact. Because it's it's the most important thing. From it flows everything else. From it flows your relationships, the direction, your decisions, your your career, your family. All of those things will flow from it. And I promise you, it will be worth it. It will be worth it to continue following Jesus in, in college, even if you're sacrificing things, even if you're giving up things, even if it feels like you're being left out. You're not going with the flow. It will be worth it in the end, and you'll be glad that you did. So here's here's the takeaway. Here's the last thought I want to give you is that just simply to get plugged in into a ministry in college, get plugged in. Get plugged in. That might look like Sozo, and I hope it does for those of you who are sticking around. Sozo is our young adults in college ministry that meets right here in this room, and I, I like really believe in that ministry and everything that Adam is doing and the student leaders, and there's so much amazing stuff going on there. And that can be a place where you can plug in. If you're staying home to go to school, go to Sozo. If you're going away, come to Sozo when you're home for breaks and in the summer. It's, 
It's awesome. If you're home for a weekend and you're still home Sunday night, go to Sozo. It's, it's a great place for, for some community. But if you're going off to a campus, if you're going to live in dorms and things like that, I so recommend getting involved in something that's happening right on or around campus where you can easily plug in and live among even some people who you know that might go there and be able to minister to the people around you. So tonight we're going to have these, these books, these seeds, the books, we're going to have them right up here in the front at the end. And we're going to distribute them to you guys. The books are basically for you, for your own faith, to bolster your faith when you're up against challenges that you're going to face in college, of, of philosophies or different thoughts. You can pull that out and you can read about why, why your faith can be strengthened even in that. Because it's a really good book. It's by Timothy Keller. It's called The Reason for God. And if you already have that book, you can give that to somebody who might need it when you're in college. Um, you can read through the whole thing or you can use it as reference. Whatever works for you, whatever you need it for, bring it with you because it can be a huge help. And then the seed, obviously, what we already talked about with the seed, put that into place. And then we, I also want you to uh, sign a frame, all right? We're going to sign a frame, a picture frame that, that I'm going to put up in my office. We're going to take a picture at the end. I'm going to put this picture frame up in my office with the other um, years of grads that have gone out of this ministry. And it's just a reminder for me to be praying for you guys. And also, by doing these three things, it's like signing your name on a commitment to say, look, you, you call me out. If you see something in my life, call me out. Call me back to the Lord if you see me wandering. And that you're giving me and Chelsea and your life group leader that kind of authority in your life to speak into your, your heart and life as you go forward. All right? Love you guys. Known you for a long time. And uh, this is actually kind of a tough, this is a tough grad class to say goodbye to. It really is. Um, and and we, have a, we have a lot of history together, and I hope this isn't the end of our interaction. Okay? So stay close. All right, walk with the Lord, and if I don't see you again, catch you in heaven, all right? I'm just kidding. We'll, we'll see each other before then. <laughs> all right, let's, let's say a prayer real quick. Lord God, this, this night is always just so bittersweet for me and for our staff. Lord, and I, and I think a lot of times for our grads as well. Lord, I thank you for your activity in this ministry. Uh, I thank you that it's hard to send these guys off because it means that, that we loved each other well. I thank you that for some of them it's really hard to go, God, because you've been doing things in their lives while they've been here. Lord, I pray that this would be a time in their life that they would look back just with fondness and, and Lord, ultimately remembering you and your activity you're working here in, in 707. God, I, I just pray that as these guys go, Lord, it's, um, it's just such a good reminder for me to remember that you, as much as I care about their faith and their walk with you, you love them so much more. And Lord, it's, it's not on this ministry or on any individual to look after their well-being, but Lord, it's on you and, and you will do that. Lord, we, I trust you with that. God, I just pray, just knowing the statistics that say that half of these students in a year or two will not be walking with you. Lord, I just pray that, that we would completely turn those things around. Lord, that there would be 100% of our students, Lord, in college walking with you. That they would be changing their campuses. That they would be drawing closer to you year by year, day by day. God, I pray that you would protect these students from the enemy. 
Lord, that they wouldn't be drawn into temptation and fall. And Lord, when they do, that they would remember that you're right there to pick them back up. That they wouldn't run from you in shame because of sin or doubt. Lord, but that they would fight well. And God, ultimately, four years from today, they would be looking back on that next step and saying, I'm so thankful for what God has continued to do in my life. Lord, and that, all that because of, a, because of a simple decision to get plugged into something now. So Lord, would your spirit go with them in strength? Lord, would you bind them? Would you hem them in? Would you use any trials or suffering to draw them to yourself? God, give them your strength. Give them your eyes. I trust you. In Jesus' name. Let's sing this song that just declares.